You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And just as I sat down to record this evening, we get the news that actor Jussie Smollett has finally been convicted and sentenced to jail. What did he do wrong? Well, he claimed that he had been assaulted, gay-bashed, basically, at two-something in the morning by a couple of guys in Chicago while he was out walking in the middle of winter, negative 20 degrees, and they came along and asked him if he was that faggot on that show Empire and how he needed to get out of here because Chicago was MAGA country. (laughs) Make America great. Yes, yes, that's Chicago. Chicago is a very, very Trump-loving place. It has... um, Never liked Democrats, never had any dead Democrats voting, nothing like that. Yeah. Well, it was a hoax. Because of course it was. Nobody put a noose around his neck. Nobody threw bleach on him. He did it for attention. Because he's a narcissist. He got 150 days in jail plus uh, fines and restitution of almost $150,000, plus, uh, I think, 30 months of probation following his uh, release from jail. And what did he do in the courtroom? Well, he put on a histrionic performance. He sure enough did. (laughs) Maybe I'll talk about this on the TV show this weekend. He sat there and he addressed the court and he said, Your Honor, I respect you, but I didn't do this. And if I had done this, I would have been putting, it sounded something like, I would have been putting something into the heart of the LGBT or black community, blah, blah, blah. I remember when he was first accused of making up this hoax. And he said something like, that's not me. I I haven't lied. If I had lied, I wouldn't be my mother's son. Really? (laughs) Really? So he told the court, that he didn't do this, he was innocent. And then he said, and I am not suicidal. I am not suicidal. So if anything happens to me when I'm in jail, I didn't do it. I'm not suicidal. And he's, he's moving around and he's buttoning his jacket and he's squaring his shoulders. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, they pay this motherfucker to act? (laughs) <laughs> because if it were me directing him in the courtroom, I would have said, go back and do it again and again until it's convincing. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so bothersome. I mean, yes, he got justice. Whatever you think about 
what his sentence should have been. I don't know that I know what his sentence should have been. Absolutely think he should be punished. He wasted police time. He wasted the time of a lot of professionals. And he wasted, well, I was going to say he wasted the time of the media, but the media loves this shit. So um, he didn't really waste their time. Um, he doesn't owe them any restitution. But it got me thinking about how much the world loves liars. We absolutely love liars. We like liars. We like their histrionics. We like their dramatic stories. You can make such a good living being a liar today. You can make money. You make fans. You make yourself a platform. You get people all riled up. People just love liars. And yeah, I know. I know. To some degree, it's always been this way. This is this is the way humans are. I get it. But it's worse now than it used to be. It is. With our media atmosphere, our social media atmosphere, the opportunities and the temptations to lie about who you are, to lie about what your experiences have been, to lie about the work you've accomplished, there are just far too many temptations and far too much filthy lucre in the form of money itself and, and social approval for people to resist this. And it's just so tiresome. And the people who get shit, the people who get no platformed, the people who get mobs going after their job, these are the people who tell the truth. They tell the truth about politics. They tell the truth about basic things like the fact that men and women aren't the same. It's frustrating. Probably nothing more to say about that. We like lies, but we also like myths. We like mythology, and we especially like mythology about how hard done by we are, how oppressed we are. Let me read you a couple of tweets from an account that I saw this week that got me thinking about this. I've talked before about how modern people act as if we have made no social progress on race, sexuality, women's rights, and similar issues since, I don't know, sometime around the 1950s. Now, those of us who are old enough to have seen a couple of generations already remember what it was like in the 1980s and the 1990s. For gay people, the world has shifted in the West dramatically. We are much better off. We have gay marriage. We have full, equal civil rights. And we have social acceptance. I was reading an article earlier today that as recently as 2006, Americans were two to one against gay marriage. And in a much more recent poll, they're two to one in favor. And that's just in 15 or 16 years. That's an incredible shift. Things were already a lot better in, in 2006 than they were in, say, 1988, 1989. It's certainly much better than they were in the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s. So this account on Twitter said, but let me go back here. We young people 
act as if this isn't true. And some of it obviously has to be that they weren't there and they don't remember, but they don't listen to anybody older than them. And they don't seem to be aware of or take seriously any actual historical accounts of what things used to be like within, for for me and many of us, living memory. They act as if sexual minorities, whether it's gay, bi, trans, whoever it is, that it's the worst possible time in the country, that things have never been so bad. So this account called A Streetcar Named Trash Fire, very clever, says this. After teaching for 10 years, it's odd to see how little of the culture war narrative has shifted. Students who have little political awareness of an era before legal gay marriage still frame arguments about sex as if they're oppressed by a, quote, dominant Christian fundamentalist society. Hmm, sounds familiar. Students who have been medicated since childhood, received therapy, and have been encouraged to discuss candidly their mental, emotional state still frame their essays as if they're pushing back against a dominant culture that stigmatizes discussing one's mental health. Yes. <laughs> yes. They certainly do. Where does that come from? Because there isn't any bloody stigma left. There's no stigma. It's not only lack of stigma for mental health problems, it's complete acceptance of any bad behavioral choices that can be blamed on these mental health problems. No stigma at all. You can make a reasonable case that, oh God, am I going to have to unpack the word stigma? Probably. It's a bothersome word, or it's become bothersome the way it's used. It has negative connotations. It means social pressure or disapproval that is unjustified or arbitrary and irrational and oppressive in some way. So whether or not the original definition reads this way, we take it to mean anything that is stigmatized, if it is stigmatized, the problem is the stigmatization. It is the disapproval. The disapproval is the problem. The judgment is the problem. The criticism is the problem. The behavior that it points to is never, ever the problem. Ever. This is why the borderline apologists try so hard to end the stigma about borderline personality disorder, and some of them now are getting into narcissistic personality disorder. <laughs> end the stigma. It's just a neurodivergence. Yeah, right. They want you to think of them in the sympathetic way that you think of autistic people. That's what that's where neurodivergent comes from, because autism is is we believe a neurological wiring problem more than it is um, an environmental influence problem. People's brains are wired up differently. That causes them some difficulties and causes them to have some traits that are at odds with the majority of society. Well, people with cluster B personality disorder certainly have an abundance of traits that are odd with normal and uh, at odds with normal and stable society, although less so than they used to be because narcissism is very popular these days. So people want to end the stigma. 
it makes sense to end, to end, I've got to stop using their language. You can make a good case that we should take care not to look down on, shun, um, or in some other way socially punish people for the condition that they find themselves in mentally. But there's a difference between taking stigma away from a condition and taking stigma away from behavior that may result from that condition or may simply be blamed on that condition as an excuse. But we have melded those two together. This guy on Twitter finishes up his thread by saying, the libs, that is the liberals, don't realize how thoroughly they've won. They're boxing against ghosts. Yeah, I think they are. I really think they are. And it's connected to another thing that's really been bothering me. I know you're sitting there asking yourself, why don't you make us a list, Josh, of things that don't bother you because it would be a lot shorter. (laughs) I know. The expectation that we are obligated morally to perform emotional care and sympathy for everybody around us before we do anything else, before we engage in conversation, before we form any judgments, before, God forbid, before we criticize. We're supposed to perform what is called sympathy and caring. Of course, you notice this on social media most frequently because it isn't, it's not fully human communication. Our faces aren't there. People aren't seeing our lips move. Well, would they in person? I mean, people are still wearing masks. It's not full communication. So I think we, I think we try to make up for the artificial nature of it by larding in excessive expressions of emotion that just don't read as genuine. And I think most of us do it. I think I do it. I think most people who use social media do it. I think it's part of the ecosystem of it. I don't think only really screwed up people or um, bad actors do it. I think it's something we all do. And you see it when, when somebody says they're down with an illness or their car transmission broke down or they're not getting enough hours at work, whatever it is that's troubling their life. You get this chorus of, oh, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Oh, it's so painful. Oh, 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 oh. And it makes it, it makes me feel churlish to say this. Because, you know, why would you why would you criticize people for being kind? And I don't mean to criticize people for being kind. What I mean is this expectation that our emotional dispositions are supposed to be oriented toward performing sympathy for other people first before we do anything. I don't think it's I don't think it's healthy. Let me see if I can have an example for you. Actually, what I want to talk about is what happens when you don't play that game. I wrote a little bit about it on Twitter, dry run as usual. I'll read you a couple of the tweets said, this is what's been bugging me. When people, quote, correct you 
for not offering enough caveats or when they react strongly against your point of view or your opinion and they imply that something's wrong with you for having it, they're not actually reacting for the reasons they claim. And what they claim, I think, is that they care about accuracy. They care about nuance. Not really. What most people seem to care about is whether you have made space for all the people that that your opinion doesn't apply to or the people who aren't like that who you may have been wrong about it's almost as if if you don't if you don't have a bulleted list where you say this does not apply to 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 kinds of different people that you have somehow abused the people who don't fall under the categories that you're talking about it is absolutely ridiculous I don't think people are concerned with accuracy or nuance. They claim it all day long, and they may even believe it. I don't think that most people are doing this maliciously. I think it's something that they do almost automatically. But that's not what they're concerned with. What they are concerned with is that your opinion might make them or somebody they care about feel emotionally uncomfortable. That has become a sin. I've said this before. The biggest dirty words in the liberal lexicon are uncomfortable and inappropriate. That's inappropriate. I'm not comfortable with that. I felt a little blah, blah, blah about that. Well, so what? So what? And the, and, and the people who dog you in conversation on social media simply will not accept if they don't like your opinion or if it touches on something that makes them feel seen or that makes them uncomfortable, they're going to come back at you. They won't accept that you might be right no matter what. No matter how well supported your argument is, if your conclusion makes them emotionally uncomfortable, it's unacceptable. We're going to take a break and come back on the other side and talk about hiking in the great queer outdoors. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Welcome back. Before we dive into this delicious article... I want to mention a couple of other things. I've talked recently on the show about contemplating the origins of sexuality and particularly whether child abuse and maltreatment can have an effect and an influence on a child becoming gay. This is such a hot button. T- you know, it's a hot button topic. It's always been a hot button topic for liberals. But what's scaring me is that it seems to be co- becoming verboten even with conservatives or people in the middle. They're adopting traditionally leftist attitudes about sexuality and and traditionally leftist values. Not as much as the left, of course, but those opinions are becoming less left and more mainstream. Um, It is taken for granted that everyone gay is born this way, 
Number two, you can't question that. And if you question whether it's true and whether there is evidence that people are hardwired to be gay, that itself is problematic. That's probably the third dirty word in the leftist lexicon. Because these people are trying to get at your morality. They're trying to put your morality in question. Or, Or they actually think that your moral character is questionable if you ask these questions, if you don't believe X. Here's an example. I don't know who this guy is. Some um, some guy named Jack Cocharella on Twitter reacting to a state senator. And I think it's in the context of this silly dust-up over the allegedly don't say gay bill. This is House Bill 1557 in Florida that has nothing to do with don't say gay and merely says that school, public schools may not instruct about sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten, first grade, or third grade. And they may not offer instruction in sexual orientation and gender identity across the board if, if that instruction is developmentally or age inappropriate. That's all it says. In plain language, you're not allowed to start talking about sex, reproduction, sexuality, gender, changing your sex, or any of that other adult stuff with children who are five, six, seven, maybe eight years old. That's what it means. Why do you want to be talking about this in the first place with these children? What's the motivation? So... Jack Cocharello says on Twitter, Florida State Senator Ileana Garcia just said, quote, gay is not a permanent thing. LGBTQ is not a permanent thing, end quote. Jack says, never surprised, always disgusted. This is what happens. It's disgusting. I don't know exactly what Senator Garcia meant. I didn't hear the whole context. She could have said some really outrageous things. She could have said very reasonable things. But she's not even allowed to say LGBTQ is not a permanent thing without being called disgusting. Well, is it? Is every child who says they were born in the wrong body all going to turn out to be an adult who still feels that way and wants to go through what we used to call sex change surgery? No, obviously. The social contagion is obvious. The skyrocketing numbers of children, particularly girls, who are falling into this trap and strapping their breasts down, binding their breasts, wanting to get on puberty blockers, it is obvious that this is spreading in the way that anorexia and bulimia spread among teenage girls, even before social media. It's obvious this is not always a permanent thing. Thank God right? Do you want somebody to be stuck in that permanent state of believing that their body is wrong and that it has to be surgically operated on? I guess the answer is yes. Yes, indeed. That is what some people want. Mm. So here is, (laughs) I could do a whole show on this. This is an article from, let me see, is it? No, it's not. Who? Okay. It's from Pink News, which is alleged, what do I call it? It's not, it's a queer publication from the United Kingdom. 
Lots of people call it penis news, especially the feminists. And they're right. <laughs> it's all penis all the time, whether it's wearing a dress or a jockstrap. This... <laughs> I'll read to you portions of this article, um, and at some point the voice is just going to come in naturally, so here we go. On a wet and wild day in January 2020, Alish Breen went, on a hi- went out for a hike with a group of queer people for the first time. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Alish Breen. That, okay, I was going to make... They're always picking names that sound like they come from some goddamn book of fairy tales from 19th century England. But I know this is, Ailish is probably a real name that I just have never heard before. And I'm going to get it <laughs> when you guys email me. But it does sound like one of those made up names like, um, like you know, Aiden Sky Bumbledorf or something like that. Something out of Harry Potter. So anyway, Ailish went out on a hike with a group of queer people for the first time. It was just two months before the UK was plunged into lockdown, and the event was titled Hope for 2020. Quote, That didn't age particularly well, Ailish laughs. Still, the walk was a success, and today, Queer Out Here, a hiking group for LGBT plus people who want to find a sense of community in the great outdoors, is going from strength to strength. Ailish had personal reasons for setting up Queer Out Here. They grew up in the Yorkshire countryside where love for the outdoors was practically mandatory. After university and a period in which they stopped exploring the outdoors, Ailish, quote, rediscovered it and found how beneficial it was for my mental health and well-being. They, they, they. I'm non-binary. No, you're not. You're a woman. You're just a butch lesbian like all the rest of them. It's fine. Being a butch lesbian is a perfectly respectable career. Can we have it back, please? (laughs) Back to the article. But they were also keen to challenge what they see as a lack of equality around access to the outdoors. There we go. It's, It's, I can't even go on beyond this sentence. Lack of equality. What does that mean? Is there a fence up around the woods in the UK? Does it say no poofs, no bull daggers? I don't know what they, what the slang for lesbians is in the UK. (laughs) Bull daggers is an old one. (laughs) You're in the US. I mean, seriously, is there a fence that says no queer, no gay, no trans? And then access to the outdoors. Again, is there a gate there? (sighs) Ailish says, I think a lot of people do feel that the outdoors is only for certain types of people. People think it's for middle-class, white, heteronormative families, or there's the really outdoorsy people who've got all of the gear, which can be really expensive. These two thoughts are not connected. I know she thinks they are, but they're not. (laughs) Ailish Breen wanted to challenge heteronormative macho ideas about the outdoors, there's also a macho side to the outdoors. This is really badly written. I'm reading you from one sentence to the next. It's just badly written. There's also a macho side to the outdoors. Plenty of people take on extreme challenges. The idea alone can be alienating for queer people. What? The idea of an extreme challenge? The idea of walking outdoors? What's the referent? 
what what thing is alienating? See, it's, it's histrionic. Quote, people often talk about bagging a mountain or a hill, and it's very much about conquering the outdoors, Ailish says. I can totally see that that would not be super welcoming for a lot of people. <laughs> this is like that crazy woman who wrote the book, The Sexual Politics of Meat, who believes that um, that the way meat is marketed and the way pornography is marketed are based on the same thing, and it's a uh, heterosexual male rape and domination fantasy. <sighs> Among those who might not find that atmosphere particularly welcoming are trans and non-binary people. Ailish was thinking specifically about the trans and non-binary community when they set up Queer Out Here. Quote, so much of the horrible narrative, not just around trans people, but queer people in general, is that there's something unnatural about us, Ailish explains. I just wanted to see what the power of being in nature and realizing that you're part of nature would be. Then we have a picture of um, queer out here members taking part in a group walk. (laughs) Work, honey, work. (laughs) <laughs> What's the next good quote? Of loads and loads of trans and non-binary... Oh, Jesus Christ. Quote. We do have loads of trans and non-binary people that come on our walks, and that feels so powerful and empowering when we're all walking together in a big group in the Peak District and in these rural areas where we don't see groups of people that look like us all the time. There's something that feels quite political and powerful about that. Well, that feeling is misleading you because there's nothing political or powerful about that. You're just taking a goddamn walk. You're just taking a walk. <laughs> well, there is a part of the article that doesn't deserve to be mocked because it, it it's talking about... Ugh queer people in the queer community needing and wanting activities and places they can get together that are not centered around drugs and alcohol. That is a real and legitimate need. And and the quotes from Ailish about the rates of alcoholism and substance abuse in the queer community are absolutely right. It's, it's off the scale. And I, I don't know, it must be the same. Certainly when I was younger, you went to the bars that I mean, there's the gay community. Well, there used to be the gay community center. Drop-in centers, you could have lunch, talk to people. There'd be support groups, activities, and stuff like that. But mainly people socialized around alcohol. And this was the same for lesbians, too. Um, the dyke bars, when they existed, uh, got the same clientele that, that the male gay bars got. Everything was around alcohol. So it's absolutely true. And good for them for actually getting outside. And, and doing nature hikes, making that an activity. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean to say that there's anything wrong with a group of people who share a common interest or a common trait getting together and doing an activity that's normal and human and people need that. It just doesn't need to be so over-egged with this huge political significance. It doesn't have any huge political significance because there aren't actually fences and gates out there that say no trans, no queer, no service. The woods don't care. They really, really don't care. Let me finish up with a real good one here. 
<laughs> of course, of course. Alish is now hoping to expand on their work with Queer Out Here by providing training to other groups, other outdoor groups and organizations. It always baffles me that outdoor clothing is still so gendered in stores. Branches start thinking about the kind of imagery they use to promote the outdoors, Ailish continues. Show people with different types of bodies, not just thin white people, and not just very gendered imagery. It always baffles me that outdoor clothing is still so gendered in stores. It's got to be some of the most genderless clothes available. It just needs to be waterproof. The shop doesn't need to be split into two sides. I always find that super weird that we're still doing that. So maybe people should think about that. <laughs> maybe you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why? <laughs> You know why? You know why the clothes are, quote, gendered? Have you met women and men? I have. Have you ever looked at their bodies? I have. Women have wide hips and narrow waists. Men don't. Women have tits and men don't. Clothes need to be different to fit their bodies. <laughs> that's all i got today folks uh it's friday i hope you all have a wonderful weekend and i hope to see you on sunday night at 9 p.m eastern for our tv show and hey do you like what you're hearing throw a few pennies in the pot for us would you cost money to do this and we'd really really love to have your support there's two ways to do it patreon.com slash disaffected or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. All supporters get invited to our monthly Zoom hangouts where we talk privately. It's not recorded. It's off camera. And we get to know each other and talk about whatever you want. So thanks, folks. See you soon. Well, hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine program. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye forever. Forever.